Hey, everybody. It's the two old farts coming at you live from the head old farts house. <laughs> With the snaggle tooth and the bum arm. Show me your bum See? arm. I'm Chuck. I'm Lou. I'm the better look of the two old farts. Are you really the better look yeah, of This makes it even more, more powerful. More powerful? Because chicks dig scars? <laughs> I don't know what they dig, but it sure as hell ain't fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Between the technology issues we've had this year and last, your tooth, your hand, left thumb, you ain't shaved. I don't know how long. That's last Tuesday, but I'm gonna try Monday, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> right now, it don't really matter. Oh man, don't really give a man. We are a hot mess. More than a hot mess. More than a hot mess. So what's it you bring over to your mom? You didn't bring me nothing. Well, as my mom said, you're not allowed to have alcohol <laughs> while you're on painkillers. Otherwise, you would have had some. I we brought her a frozen margarita. I haven't taken the painkillers in two days. I took you could have texted back and said, I'll take one. <laughs> I took a, I had a decafinex. There's a pain feel from my back or something. <laughs> trying to get, not get hooked on that stuff. So when I got here, remember we were in the garage hunting down these cables because you couldn't remember anything. I told you because I kept forgetting to tell you that Kaylee had gotten me for my for Christmas. She'd gotten us these big giant beer mugs that have the uh, have our logo, have our logo on our name, the two old farts. So do you have them yet? Yeah, got- they're at the house. Where's mine? I forgot to bring them because I keep forgetting to tell Who, you. Who's getting old here? Uh, this guy. <laughs> This guy right here. Uh, Getting old, man. Then you sent me a thing. My Facebook post got... uh, Well, yeah, you are quite hacked. I probably misspoke. So, ladies and gentlemen, there are, or I don't know if there are, but there were this morning two Lou Corbett's on Facebook Facebook with the exact same picture. But did one look better than the other? Well, yeah, if it looked better, it looked like me. (laughs) But... So, but I didn't notice that because I was scrolling through my Facebook feeds, and then I saw that there was a Lou Corbett that had your picture that wasn't my friend. So I'm like, "What did my dad do? Did he do something? <laughs> to Facebook? Did he unfriend me? Does he not like me? Is he technologically challenged and then unfriended me by accident? Yeah, a little bit of all of that, probably all of that. But anyway, so I friended you. Well, that what I thought was you, and within minutes. We're friends, and the person sent me a message saying, hi, how are you? Are you here with me? <laughs> and I'm like, I joke and tease that you're, like, old and retarded, but you're not so retarded that you don't know if I'm here with you. But, you know, that's funny because the other day on my DAV Chapter 14 post or Facebook thing, the, the DAV I got chapter a request 14. from some lady who wanted to be a friend. I said, that just doesn't make sense. I didn't open anything or click on anything. That just didn't make sense. Why would some young person look, look like that 20 years old want to be on our DAV chapter? You'd be surprised. Yeah. So, but anyway. So, yeah. You get all kinds of strange requests. And why somebody would want to impersonate a, a an old, old man? Like 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 I, like no I have no idea either. Ain't nothing good about it. <laughs> no, nothing, no good can happen there. I'll tell you that. So how many... How many People we got listening to us now. You said um, we're almost at twenty five hundred. Almost at two thousand five hundred as of today. We have. Let me look at the stats. 
2,492. Can you see that, people? That's pretty good. Uh, so our goal we haven't been consistent. We got to get to, to 3,000. Then we can build. And on then that. we can go to five. Anyways, yes, so go. check this out, people. Uh -oh. Can you see right here? France. We had a person download from France. I see London. I see France. I see somebody's underpants. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're slowly but surely. I think what I think what we need to get momentum is we got to get more social media engagement, which means the usernames that I gave you for our social media accounts. Because I'm at work all day, you need to get on there and do old fart things on our Instagram and Twitter. And say old fart things <laughs> and reach out to people because there are people who have engaged us uh, like um, uh, the old the old man's podcast. Yeah. Get with him. There's a couple other podcast people that have messaged us and people that we follow. Answer those questions and just reach out to people. Well, maybe next weekend if I get this cast off. And you can hunt and peck with one well, finger. I'm, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I know. So, but so, yeah, start getting on there with social media. Get some engagement going. Um, get into the web page. Start looking at it, and figuring out the uh, the newsletter. If anybody would ever subscribe, I don't know. I'm just you never know. Otherwise, it's like, why are we doing this? But nobody nobody will tell us on Facebook or Instagram or whatever or Twitter. What do you want to hear from us? What kind of stories do you want us to tell? I thought I saw something the other day on Facebook. Somebody answered something. I don't know. That's it. Well, that. you got to write shit down because you're old. Yeah. Uh, probably do more than that. But, you know, you were. Tie a finger, string around my finger or something. Then you forget why you did it. <laughs> but, you know, you were in the Air Force for 20 years. You went to Vietnam. You went back to Vietnam in 1975, right? Yeah, Operation Baker's left. Tell, tell us about that. What happened in 1975? That's when they were doing all the... Uh, who's they? The Air Force. And the... Uh, Come on, who's they? The uh, people who were... The fall of Saigon. The fall of Saigon, but the evacuation children, babies out of Saigon, uh, Vietnam, uh, bring them home to, uh, to the United States for foster homes and stuff like that. So you and a bunch of other... Yeah, we're out of security Ukraine. Two of us out of Ukraine. Where's, where's Yakota at? Japan. Well, see, these people don't know that, Dad. Don't, you're, you're talking to me, but you're talking to the <laughs> – uh, yes, you're looking at me, but the people out there, they was, don't know. That was pretty cool. We flew in. Uh, it was pretty cool to go back to Vietnam. On a C-141. Pretty cool to go back to Vietnam. Yeah. Flew in. These pilots were civilian pilots, but were in the National Guard, right? So they were called up. So they're not civilians. They're National Guard pilots. But they're, in the real life, they're civilian pilots, right? Right. So guess what they want to do? Drink beer. No, they make, chase women. They make a combat landings. Oh, so <laughs> they were like. So we're like thirty-five thousand feet, and, and they just go. <laughs> we land. I, I forgot now exactly where we're. Tonsonu was it? Like, was it Tonsonu? It's someplace else out up country. Had a runway. We landed. They dropped that back gate of one forty-one down. Spun around. We jumped out. Man, I forgot who my partner was. I, I want to say Roberts was Roberts. He went to the front, and I went to the back. We guarded the airplane. Get down on one knee. Yep. Looking like that. They're loading, and we're gone. I mean, we went on the ground that long. Turning and burning. Yep. 
And when we take off, straight up. How many times did you guys go back? We did it twice. Twice? Yeah. Two flights. And flew from Vietnam, we flew into the, to the Philippines. That's what I thought. So you staged in and out of the Philippines? Yeah. At, was it Clark, Clark Air Force Base? Then Dakota. Was it Clark Air Force Base? Clark in the Air Base, Philippines. Uh, See, remember... <laughs> Talk to that was pretty neat. Look, at we weren't there very long. Look at these people. So you were gone what a week, two weeks? Uh, actually, just a few days. The flights was just in and out, turn around and come back because they had other people. I forgot now how many flights and how many people. Okay, that were evacuated from from Saigon, uh, from Vietnam, stuff like that. And, and so that's a cool history lesson, people. Because that was like a was a C C five. That blew up on takeoff or landing. I can't remember now. I don't know. Let's go to the internet. But so yeah, people check this out. You know, this is history. Yep. You guys can read about uh, that. My dad was a part of. Cause I'm, per, I'm pretty proud of him. Got shot down and. Uh, Operation baby lift crash. Uh huh. Tonsonu C5. C5. You were right. Yeah. April 4th, 75. The Lockheed C-5A Galaxy participating in the first mission of Operation Babylift Baby Lift, crashed on approach during an emergency landing at Tonsonu. So maybe that's why you didn't land at Tonsonu, because yep. the plane crashed on the runway. Because uh, that the whole process took a few days, if I'm not. A loss of flight control due to an explosive decompression and structural failure. It was the fatal accident marked the second operational loss and first fatal crash of the C-5 Galaxy fleet, the third deadliest accident involving a U.S. aircraft other than the 1968 Comduck C-130 shoot-down. Yep. I forgot. You guys used to have your airplanes painted yep, like that. Sure uh-huh. Now they're, what, gray, dark gray, like a battleship yeah. gray now? So here, the background of the story, people, why my dad had to go back in because of the fall of Saigon so in early April 75, much of South Vietnam had been overrun by the uh, communist yeah. North Vietnamese Army. Uh, and the, uh, the president at the time, Gerald Ford, because mm-hmm. Nixon had resigned, um, inst- he began instituting the evacuation of American citizens. And to avoid alarming the host country, the ambassador of South Vietnam authorized Americans to be flown out under several conditions, one of which was Operation Baby Lift, in which American caregivers were paired with South Vietnamese orphans. So you guys can read about it. This guy right here, this whole fart, he was he was a part of that. So yeah. I think that's I think that was pretty cool. It was. It was. Had a lot of fun things to happen. Stay in the camera. Stay in the camera. I don't need to be in the camera. I might break my damn computer. Well, you know. <laughs> then I had to go buy a new one. Right? We got we got to do what we can. But when Richard Nixon came, tricky uh, dick. When he was going to China on his visit to China. Was that in 73? 73. 74? 73. 73, I think. Anyway, they stopped over there, and because I had a top-secret clearance, we guarded the airplane. Didn't you guard when Ford came to? Mm-hmm. In 75? Yep. So. So you've guarded Air Force One a couple times, haven't you? Uh, then when Nixon came to uh, Birmingham, uh, big for the big uh, – he didn't come because of the football game, but just so happened Alabama Auburn was playing that weekend. We went to Birmingham. We guarded airplanes up there. Was it Bear after? The- and Gene uh, and uh, Shook Jordan. Shook Jordan. Was yeah. it 68, 69? Yeah, somewhere around in there. And what's funny about it, 
all the press was there, right? When the bear came out, Sure Jordan came out to greet him, stuff like that, kind of got tilted away from the president, and they started talking about Alabama football. <laughs> Here's the president over here by himself, and, and the cameras and the media, and Sugar Jordan and Bear Bryant talk about Alabama football. Well, that, clearly that's the most important thing to talk about. <laughs> that was, especially in Alabama, right? Exactly. Those two big heroes in Alabama. Yeah. And uh, today I watched Alabama first time in uh, several years. We actually beat Auburn this year in basketball. All right. Yeah. So. You ready for March Madness? Yes, I am. If everything goes well, we might finish in the top ten and maybe have a lock for the uh, playoffs. Be the first time ever. <laughs> but anyway. So that was so you were TDY on that, right? Mm-hmm. Did you get any cool ribbons or anything like that for Operation Baby Lift? No, no. Uh, no, I don't think we got anything for that. Not even an award? Not even an achievement medal? Yeah, when you left Vietnam, you got the Vietnam Service Medal and all that kind of stuff. National yeah. Defense? Yep. So, anyway, that's where it was in 1965. Well, 75. and 75. Yeah, you were there in 65 and 75. Yeah. So, but it was good. And, and then when I was over there, the good thing was my father-in-law was there. In 65. In 65, in the Army, Bob Charbonneau. Mm-hmm. And my brother, brother-in-law, he's my brother, Bobby was there off the USS Ranger. He was the off, Navy, the, off Navy. the coast in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So, and I used to go see my father-in-law. I'm going to show you this picture. Hold on a second. See if I can get out of here without. So anyway, he's going to come off the camera, and hopefully he doesn't trip and kill himself with the cables because he is old and feeble. Let me see that. Man, he's sucking in that gut, isn't he? <laughs> that's me and my father-in-law, Bob Charbonneau. And that skinny guy. I don't know who he is. You I know sure who wish you, I look like him now. You know who you look like? Ray. Yeah? You look like Uncle Ray. Yeah, we do look like young, him. His youngest brother, Ray. Yeah. And so... That's no why, that's, why we had shorts on unless it been hot. I have no idea. And that's my mom's adopted father. Yes. Because her real dad died in uh, World War II. Right at the end of World War II. Right at the end of World War II. Actually, what, one day or two days before she was born? Yeah, I think so. Yep. So, but anyway, we found out the other day. He's born, he was buried in Belgium, isn't he? Mm-hmm. In the National Cemetery in Belgium. So... Long line of history, uh, military history in our family. Oh, yeah. Your dad was in World War II. World War II. He was a military policeman. And Bob, my father-in-law, was at the end of World War II. In the Navy. In the Navy, beast jumper. Got out, came back in in the Army. Army. A few years later. That's how we met. Yeah, and it's kind of strange, because you wouldn't really believe this, but my boss, Tex Hart Franklin, at Pleiku, where I was working, Military working dogs. In 1965. 1965. Knew of my father-in-law. He didn't know him personally, but they were beast jumpers together back in the, in the World War II type thing. In, in the Navy. In the Navy. So I saved up my days. And they had a caribou airplane that was stationed at Pleiku. Go to take supplies out of the yeah. area and stuff like that. So speaking of the Navy, what service was I in? Army. On the Army. Yeah. guess what? I had to do a joint task force, a real-world joint task force, 
and we did it on a Navy ship. Yeah, I remember that. So I was on a ship for almost three months. Yeah. So that was in 2003. It was McKinsey was just a couple months old when I had to leave. So that was in July. Um, what was that thing called? Uh, uh, J oh, I remember now. It was called JTF Liberia. Let's look that up in the Googles. Let's see what let's see what Wikipedia has to say about JTF Liberia. Uh, yes. If I could spell. There it is. Joint Task Force Liberia. That's where I was. Yeah. It was a task force formed from August to October of 2003. Well, if you just heard me say July, I was part of the ADVON or Advance Party. So I, I and three, maybe four others, we flew from Vicenza, Italy, on the General's C-12 airplane down to Siganella, which is in Sicily. And the next day we caught... Um, I can't remember the name of the helicopter from the USS Iwo Jima. It landed there, picked us up, brought us on the Iwo Jima as the advance party to prepare the USS Iwo Jima to receive the joint task force. So, so how'd you get along with all them Navy guys? I like, I loved it. I, I had a great time on that ship. <laughs> so it, it's really strange because being a, a war officer at the time, we got to eat in the officer's mess. So, when we were in the uh, the officer's galley, because that's what they call it, a galley, more. Anyway, we're going through the line, and there's a guy behind the, you know, the glass where the food is. And we're like, okay, we'll have some of this and that. And he's just sitting there looking at us with his arms crossed. And we're like, looking, looking at each other. And he's like, looking at us. And uh, what's going on? We're pointing at the food, and he points at the ladle, the serving thing. It's facing us. <laughs> He's just there to empty the stuff out and bring new stuff you in. Yourself. You serve yourself. You can get as much as you want. <laughs> you can go back as many times as you want. He's so, probably saying, you dumbass army guys. <laughs> a bunch of dumb army guys. What the hell are you doing? We're looking at him. He's looking at us. We didn't know that, I guess, in the Navy, when you're a war officer and, or an officer or a chief petty officer, they have their own mess areas, and they serve themselves because they pick out the food menu. They pay mess dues, and the cooks go out and buy the food based on what they want to eat. So you're paying for your food while you're out at yeah. sea, and you get to eat what you want. That's pretty cool. Till you get fat. <laughs> <laughs> now you don't get too fat. Better what kind of job you got. So anyway, so we were there in response to a civil crisis that was going on in Liberia. So it was their second civil war. So the, it says here, the ongoing civil war destabilized the area, creating a large number of refugees as rebel forces closed, out on, closed in on Monrovia and took over Bushrod Island. You know, so as a result, f the free port of Monrovia was closed and caused food shortages. So that helicopter right there, that's the kind we flew out on. Chinook. No, that's not a Chinook. It's a baby Chinook. Oh, okay. Looks like it. It looks just like yeah. it, but it's a lot smaller. They call it a frog. It's a... What the heck do they call it? Anyway, that's... So, uh, Colonel uh, Blair, he was our chief of staff at uh, at uh, the unit I was in, at CTAF, the Southern European Task Force. Okay. So, he wrote an article, which is published at uh, Fort Leavenworth...
the joint task force experience in Liberia. It's pretty cool. So that's everything that was going on. Everything we did. You look at all this stuff, you know, one thing is uh, consistent is that Constantino wire. <laughs> so I can't remember the name of this um, air, airport right here. So you remember me telling you that I was on the first part to go on the ship to receive the JTF. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Who was the last off the ship? You were. I was the last <laughs> off the ship. The JTF left earlier that day. So it was me and a few other people, caretakers, to close everything down. So we had everything loaded up afterwards, got on a different helicopter, flew to uh, this abandoned airfield or whatever, and we were just waiting there for like hours in Africa in like October. It's hot. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I've been to the desert. I've been to the Middle East. I've been to the National Training Center in Fort Irwin in August. Ain't nothing hot like Africa hot. And we're waiting hours for these damn C-130s for the Air Force to come pick us up and bring us back from Africa to Italy. So we're laying there on the asphalt on the tarmac just waiting for these planes to come. And there's old abandoned, bombed-out planes on the runway. And a buddy of mine, he's sitting over by this old bombed-out aircraft or whatever, and he's racked out leaning against his, his rucksack like this. And we spot something moving, and we look, and it's a mouse. And it's headed right for him. <laughs> and we're yelling. We're trying to pick up, throw stuff at him, wake him up. <laughs> the mouse crawled up his leg. <laughs> All kinds of chaos. Did he, did he undress pretty quick? No, it didn't go up his leg because we keep our pants tucked in. But it scared the shit out of him. That mouse crawled up on him. Oh. So the, the, so cra- what, the so crazy what, things that you do in the military. So what was your job over there? I was the J6, the... Uh, so the J-6. So the military staffs are divided by one, two, three, four, five, six, and then I think they go out to nine. So one is administration, two is um, intelligence, three is operations, four is usually supply and logistics, five I think is plans, and six is like command and control, communication computers. So like think of the chief information officer of a large corporation so we're in charge of all of the the video the voice the data all of that stuff so i was the only calm person forward on the jtf staff that they sent forward so what kind of ribbons you get for that actually i got there was a uh, humanitarian service medal we got i got a joint service commendation and there was one other one i got i got three out of it had I been on the ship a couple of more weeks longer, you know what I'd gotten? A sea duty ribbon. Oh, wow. Sea duty. For 90 days, they, the Navy gives out sea duty ribbons. That's pretty neat when you cross branches yes. and you get recognized. Because people start looking at it and say, what's that? So check this out. Because I was on the ship, we got sea duty pay. Oh, wow. We got sea duty pay. Sea Sea Service Ribbon. The Sea Service Ribbon. Uh, what does it say? At sea. I can't see what it says. I, 
90-day deployment. If I'd been on that ship 90 days, I'd have gotten a ZMC duty ribbon. And how about this? What kind of sea duty pay did you get? Um, as a warrant officer, it was probably around $180, $190 a month. Yeah, that's extra money. Heck yeah, that, nothing, else, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Because this was 20 years ago. Yeah. Literally 20 years ago, 20 years ago this summer. So what other things have you been involved in? Um, Iraq, Afghanistan, um, Operation either Northern Watch or Southern Watch, the no-fly zones after Desert Storm. Uh, we had to go back to the Middle East and set up air defense artillery to keep Saddam Hussein from shooting down aircraft so he could, that we were patrolling to keep, make sure he didn't kill the Kurds. So, so how does that compare to all that crazy stuff you're doing? I know you had a concert the other night. I saw you on the Facebook. With well, they each have their challenges. You know, <laughs> sometimes you're getting shot at or mortared, and sometimes you're in the mosh pit getting elbows and, you know, and all kinds. Either way, it could be dangerous. So who is this group you saw the other night? Was it last night? It was last night. Yeah. It was three. It was Exodus, Black Label Society, and Anthrax, who was supporting their 40th anniversary which technically was in 1981 to 19 or 20, 2000, 2021, but because of COVID. So they're celebrating their 40th anniversary. So what did you do? I know you had a meet and greet. So, yeah. So all three bands had separate meet and greets that you could purchase. I didn't know it at the time. So I had only bought uh, the Exodus one. And I've been a fan of all three bands since, Zach Wilde was in Ozzy and then left and started Black Label Society. And obviously been with Anthrax since the very beginning and Exodus. Because Exodus, Anthrax, Metallica, all those guys invented thrash metal, if you will. That particular style of metal. So there are different styles. Yeah, there's, oh, dad, there's all kinds of heavy metal. <laughs> you know, there's, kind of there's hair metal, thrash metal, groove metal, death metal, death core. Grindcore. Oh, man. There, there's Viking metal. There's all kinds of stuff, man. I got to give a shout out to Northeast Central Baptist Hospital. So how we go from talking well, heavy metal to, to Baptist? One of the nurses there, we got to talking, you know, and one of them is, is Catholic. You know the story your mom well, always you just said it was a Catholic hospital, so I'm, I'm no, shocked. North Central Baptist Hospital. Oh, Baptist. So, yeah, I am shocked there's a Catholic working at a Catholic nurse, hospital. right? Remember how your mom always talked about the nurses? Spanking her hand with the rules. Oh, you mean the nuns? The nuns. What I say? Nurses. Nurses. Nuns. So guess what? <laughs> She's telling me the same story that happened to her, something like that, right? So the other nurse is in there, and we get talking a little bit about. And we agreed that we love Trump as a as a president. But not, he needs to get off Twitter. And keep, keep his mouth shut. Yeah. yeah. So that, guess what? What? I was talking about your concert. She says I like heavy metal too. So she goes started talking about. I said, I'm going to have to hook you up, my son. Y'all can talk about some of this stuff sometime. Uh, she talked about this stuff. I have no idea who the hell she talked about. But what was really cool was once we got in to meet the band, normally when you do these VIP meet and greets, it's everybody stands in a line. You go up there and you do, like, you just stand next to them and they're like, look at the camera, say cheese, click. <laughs> next. And then everybody gets together, does a group photo, and then sometimes they'll do signings of things, and sometimes they don't. So the coolest one I ever did was with – I got to meet George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic, but I'll say that story for another time. The second most 
best one I went to was last night. So we all we marched in because Black Label Society was still doing theirs on the other side of the, the floor. And so we came around the corner. There was the band standing there. And they kind of broke up. <laughs> and and each individual band member and then three or four people would just kind of like go hang around that one person, talk, chit-chat, get something signed, and you just move to the next person. So I got to talking with uh, the singer and this young kid that was in front of me, he was asking him, the singer, because he wasn't the original singer of the band. He was, I think, the third singer. He asked him, which particular songs does he like to sing while he's on tour? And I was expecting him just to give a cut and dry answer or whatever, but he 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 thought about it. And he goes, man, that's a really good question. He goes, you know, now that you've asked me that, he said, I probably like to sing the songs that I didn't sing on the albums and gave the story as to why. I was like, man, that's really cool. Yeah. So now I'm thinking, man, he asked a really good question. I got to come up with something good because <laughs> he's going to think I'm a dumbass. So I was like, all right, I'll take it from the song. I'm like, so when you guys were out on tour, which bands do you like to hang out? Which bands do you like to go on tour with? And, you know, we probably sat there for like five or ten minutes just talking. That, to me, is what a meet and greet is supposed to be about. And he even said, you know, he said, we like to come out here and be with you guys because it's like if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here doing what we do. And that means that they get it. And that's the connection between rock and roll, heavy metal, and the fans. And that's is very accessible, very much like country music. And that's where they make the money. Because the friendly they are to you, the nice you are, the more you're going to talk about them, and the more money you're going to spend. And these guys are my age. And it keeps you in touch with reality. Some of them are, you know, they're a couple years older. Uh, Charlie Benate, the drummer for Anthrax, he just turned 60 just the other day. Um, what was I going to say? Somebody else just turned 60. Well, 60 is not old. I want you to know that. Well, Dad... When I joined the army, I I couldn't see past thirty. I was like thirty. That's ancient. So now I think ninety five is getting old. Well, I hope so, because <laughs> sixty's right around the corner, people. Oh, I'm telling you, this year or so away. So no, for me three, yeah. three and a half. But like, like you and I were talking about at the beginning of the year. You retired in January of 1983. January 1st, 83. January 83. Today is February 2023. So that's 40 years ago. Yep. And you had done 20 years in, what, a couple of days, weeks? Two months and 15 days. Okay. But who's counting? Well, DD214 <laughs> counts. So... What got me to thinking, and I asked you about it, I said, Dad, did you know that you have now been retired from the Air Force twice as long as you had served? Yeah. Can you believe that? And your mom and I are going to be married longer than that. 58 years in October. Mm -hmm. And why does it, I know it's coming, and then it comes and it passes, and I, and I forget about your anniversary every <laughs> damn time. Well, we do too, so. Mm, yeah, the other day we were talking, she said, you know, we're going to be married 60 years here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, two more years. Yeah. That's a long time. Y'all old. I'm old. <laughs> Speaking of old, guess what time it is? I don't know. I can't see that far. It looks like 31. 31, almost 32 minutes. All right. Time goes by fast when you're having fun. It is. This, you know what? This was a fun, 
fun episode. It seems yeah. like it's always more fun when we're together than when we're doing it remote. It is. It is. It is for me. And there it seems is. like there's less technological errors when I'm here. <laughs> Shit works. On my computer. Exactly. Yeah. So, what the hell? As we say in the IT field, the problem exists between the keyboard and the chair. Are you, are you so, trying to, are you, I, so what's in between the keyboard and the chair, old man? It looks like you. looks like you. <laughs> oh, well. Well, hopefully Monday I'll get this thing off and put another one on and maybe I'll clean up a little bit. Drink cold beer? Drink cold beer. Probably have a couple. And go back to the dentist and get that flipper fixed. Because if you're going to get a, um, an implant, you need to make sure your gum has that indentation so the, the tooth, when they insert it, the gum line will fit around it, yeah, and it won't that. be more painful from your gums. Week. So, but I got to tell you, I, I I have no complaints about my service from the VA. Uh, the community cares that people have dealt with are good. North Central Baptist Hospital are just couldn't ask for much better. So I know you had mentioned before we go, um, we want to get maybe one of the the service reps, the national service reps yep. or chapter service reps from the DAV. Maybe we can have them in person, or maybe we can have them call in. And well, Tiffany has already told me she'd be glad to do it. Even though she's not a service officer anymore, she's a sexual assault prevention coordinator. Coordinator, but she's going a response, to still, a response coordinator. She's a she's going to still work and do claims and help chapter out and do something. So maybe one day we can set up and she have, can call in. Yeah, or maybe have it at one of our DAV meetings. That'd be pretty cool. I don't want too many of them old farts hanging around, Dad. <laughs> they can derail a meeting with, with a quickness. Pretty quick, yeah. Yeah, over some dumb stuff. Yeah, we do. Because y'all just like to talk. Because y'all they old. do. Yes, they do. <laughs> anyway, hey, thanks for uh, being here. It was fun sharing stories. It was funny. We hope you find it funny, too. We hope you like us. Yeah, we want to hear from you. I watch Facebook pretty much every day, so give us some feedback. Yeah. Especially on if you go anyplace else, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. But I about. gave you the username and passwords for Twitter and Instagram, so don't screw it up. All right. And and the uh, the Tool Farts Facebook page. You can log in there, too. Yeah, I'll do that. We'll start posting stuff. Okay. Get smart. Well, I don't know about that now. We'll, we'll it be actually impossible to do that. Do your best. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, y'all take care. Love y'all. Love y'all. Bye.